And we're live, kind of in a pre-recorded <laughs> setting with Harker Ryan. I love how, like, I always, I don't love it, but I always, like, get a burst of energy when I hit record. Do you know, like, that lull beforehand, and then it's like you turn into gay born, and you're like, hello, <laughs> and welcome to the Late Late Show. Harker, how are you? I understand completely, and I'm well. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. You were at the beach today. I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to now subtly block the mess that's behind me. I just realized, <laughs> it's like, I just saw a lot of wires on the ground. I was like, okay, I'm just going to slide this way and no one's going to yeah, notice. I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing up that PlayStation 4 to steal it <laughs> in the background. I was at the beach today. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I moved recently and now I live within five kilometers of a beach. Oh, do you actually? Yeah. Are oh, you jammy it's B-word. Class. No Literally, way. it's amazing. So, it's so literally, I, is it just a five minute walk? No, no, but it's within five kilometers, so I'm able to um, to drive and stop uh, nearby. I'm actually only three k from the beach. Oh, so it's nice! Great. Uh, there's no, got... no, sorry. Go on. Have you still got that electric scooter as well? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, unfortunately, the bit the bit where I live in has no paths that bring you down that way. It's all like old country roads, um, so you have to drive. It's not particularly safe because it's still quite speedy on the roads as well. So uh, oh. you have. To, it's not really safe to walk them, unfortunately. Yeah, I seen it. I seen a post from um, Paddy Murphy, um, who says, first time I've gotten to physically hang out with my mates in months. It's yeah. so great. Harker Ryan moved five minutes from me. Oh no way! I'm so Ireland close to Paddy. Best place in the world when the sun shines. Oh, that's class. Yeah, so you're it's nice crazy. And close to Paddy Murphy now. I'm really close to Paddy. I actually was able to park at his house and we walked down together, um, socially distancing, walked down together. Because uh, the, there was no parking like beside the actual beach. It was very busy today. Nice. So I asked all the guests really because I started this podcast um, probably out of um, isolation. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Being, being stuck indoors, I was like, I need to do something. And um, so I kind of ask everybody how they've been dealing with the, the lockdown and coronavirus mm. in general. I know it's a drain to keep talking about it as it's, we're, no, now, into, we're now into June at this stage. <laughs> But uh, yeah, how have you been finding it and, and lockdown? And I seen you have a video um, up saying you moved during lockdown. So yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. That was an interesting experience. I moved out of home for the first time during the lockdown. So uh, it was, it was a, I don't know how normal moves go because I've never done it before, but it was a challenge <laughs> trying to make sure everything got here in one go because I, my parents are quite high risk and I was living with them at the time. Uh, so I couldn't go back once I left. I couldn't go back okay, and pick up yeah, more yeah, things or anything like that. Yeah. So I literally piled everything into the car and my mom actually decided to drive out as well. Um, so I was able to use the back of her car to move stuff. And we just, I just took everything out of her boot and then she drove back. So she never got out of the car or anything. And um, she, uh, so she stayed safe. And that, yeah, we, we, it was an interesting way to move. That's for damn sure. Trying to get it all in one go. Plus, it was actually the very first time we'd even seen the place because we rented off of plans. It was oh, a brand God. new build, so we'd never so, seen it before we walked in the door. Like. So you agreed to it before you you seen you seen pictures of it and stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Oh yeah. my God! Off a of floor plan. But I know you've been eager to to move out and have your own proper own place for a while yeah. now. So it must feel good, does it? Yeah, it's great. It's it's really nice having a space. Uh, like it's pretty small it's only like a 50 square meter apartment um which is quite slightly smaller by dublin standards and it's very fucking expensive of course because <laughs> all of dublin rent right now is crazy but it's great like it's class it's just so nice to have your own space 
Um, I've been making a lot more like YouTube videos and things and I'm getting a little bit more on schedule because I have my own space to film in properly mm -hmm. with no real curtailment. It's also really sound isolated, which is incredible. Like oh, I have neighbors gross. next door in another apartment and um, they can't hear me streaming and I'm quite loud when I'm streaming on Twitch. I yell a bit and that kind of thing and they can't hear me at all, which means I'm not keeping anyone up late at night. Oh, that's, very... that's perfect for, for what, like, what we kind of do. If I fart, mm. my neighbor wakes up. That's how <laughs> unsoundproofed my uh, place is. Like, I can literally hear them having a conversation right now. Oh. Uh, and the thing is, where I live, it's like, it's blocks. Like, it's, it's like, mm. I, have a, I live in a weird kind of... <laughs> weird... Your house is more, one of the most unusual houses I've ever been in. Yeah, in terms yeah. of the layout... It's like they took two Tetris blocks and put them together. Uh, yeah, and then, and then added more in rows. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. they're getting rid of all these, um, really? these housing schemes that I live in because it, it doesn't work socially. Like, there's always mm. trouble. Especially yeah, when, when yeah. you can hear everybody. It feels like you're living with yeah. someone. So, you really are on top of each other, like. Yeah, like, so I live in, in a house, um, or in, in, in houses where it's like a two-floored house, but there's someone living upstairs and I'm living downstairs, and there's mm. an entrance to their house on the back of me, like where I should have a back garden is yeah. someone else's it's another garden. entrance, yeah. yeah. And it's so odd. It goes in rows, so there's like, there's, yeah, so then there's, so there's people above me, beside me, and the other side of me, everywhere. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't give a bollocks if it was soundproof, I wouldn't care at all. Yeah, um, well, I was imp very impressed with how soundproof this place was, because like, you're not, my so my bedroom window is, a foot away from next door's balcony so they can like look straight in your bedroom window um, oh sassy <laughs> i picked it up for, uh, like with that in mind <laughs> <laughs> just purposely leaving the blinds up <laughs> walking by <laughs> so it's very close and i was in crazy impressed with how like, we really can't hear them and, and we've tested with them like we put the tv up as loud as it goes that kind of thing oh, and that's amazing you really can't hear that is so it's perfect. great so in terms of moving, it was amazing. Coronavirus-wise, I think I'm coping pretty well because unusually my schedule, my life hasn't changed that much. Like I work from home, I make YouTube videos and I live stream on Twitch. That hasn't changed. I'm still doing that just as much as I would be. Um, I think the only thing that's really changed for me is I can't like go visit my friends and family the way I used to. And that's the bit that's hard. But like I haven't changed my day-to-day my -day schedule that much at all. Like. So it hasn't, uh, it hasn't been as challenging as I think it would have been for an average person who was in uh, like an office or a yeah. job that was not, you know, in their own home. Yeah, it's kind of like um, my, Jake, uh, my brother, my Jake, do you hear me? My brother, Jake, he's, um, he kinda, he's kind of a, a home board. Um, mm. I know you do a bit of traveling now and you're starting to travel more than you, than you did before. Mm. Um, but like I ask him and he's like, this is just my normal, Jamie. This is <laughs> this is this is my thing all the time. Yeah. Nothing has changed for me. He's like, in fact, he's like, he's like, like he's like, I feel bad for you know all the stuff that's happening in the world. But yeah. in terms of him personally, he's like, I kind of feel a little bit better because now now everybody realizes what I'm living like. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. of, he's actually going out more during lockdown <laughs> because he's I don't know why I think he just feels a little bit freer like in yeah. terms of like he's going on his walks and stuff he's not breaking the rules or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. but uh yes for some people it's like this is how I live all the time bitch mm. now you have to see how I live <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's definitely not very different for me I really miss seeing my friends because yeah, that yeah, was same. my show my social thing like because I di didn't have a, a workplace 
I really dependent on seeing my friends or my family or whoever it might be for my social interaction versus um, someone who would work in an office who would see, you know, anywhere from two to a hundred people every day. Like, um, so I definitely miss that because not having that freedom of going to see people, you really notice the difference, you know? You do. And it's like, you get these ideas and then you're like oh like i keep getting yeah. ideas for stuff and i'm like oh we could, i could do this and then it's like oh no i still can't because yeah you know we were, like... we, were, we were measuring me and patty were measuring today how far away you lived because on we're hoping well i think it's on friday there that the next phase is it's either friday or monday and uh that 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 went so up from five kilometers to 20 kilometers so we were oh, trying God. to see can you come to the beach oh, along nice. with us? yeah yeah, yeah. You're, I'd not, love that. You're, you're not definitely not further than 20 kilometers away no definitely not um, and that's I'm gonna. That's one thing I'm gonna do when this all hopefully passes, mm. is just say yes to more things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. just, just I don't know, just do a few more things that I wouldn't like put myself out of my comfort zone a little bit more. Yeah, um, you you can notice what time you were taking for granted when you had options to do everything, you know, and you didn't do them all. Like definitely, definitely, um, one hundred percent. So Harker, tell us about how you first of all got started in all this media stuff and and you know (laughs) video stuff and putting yourself out there online because that's how we're friends now and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if um you didn't choose to kind of go down the road you went down so tell us where did all this start for you and if people don't know what i'm talking about they will by the end <laughs> how far do you want me to go back is um, a better question just to when you were born <laughs> yeah. i was born with a camera in my hand <laughs> no i suppose we're, when when uh, when it all started to make like oh, i'm yeah. enjoying this and this is what i want to do so i knew i wanted to do video when i was 16 straight off i knew straight away i was going to do video when you were 16 um, did you say yeah yeah oh. straight up that was like going to be my career um i so i started in photography i was really into photography when i was younger that was kind of my hobby and my mom gave me one of her really old uh film cameras that she had when she was younger uh started in photography i did then i did transition year and in transition year i was really really ill um i had a really bad anxiety disorder Mm-hmm. And one of the only trips I managed to go on during the whole year was to a TV production studio where they brought us in and we spent the entire day making a TV show. Oh, like we got cool. to like make our own miniature chat show basically for the whole day. Oh, cool. um, what, what television station was it or what? what, what? It wasn't a station. It was like, it was um, a production studio and it was kind of made to do this. Do you know what oh. I mean? It was made to to bring in school tours and it, it did produce some smaller documentaries, but they also did this as a saw as part of it. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you just made up your own like five minute chat show and they taught you all the different roles. Some people were chosen to be like camera people and some people were directors and you know, whatever it might've been. I was the vision mixer. So I was the person who was pressing the buttons to make the shot change. That's uh, the in, like, job. Live. That's the it's really job. good. Yeah. In like the live scenario of the chat show, like, and it was addictive. Like I was, it was probably the, it, so especially because I'd been so ill all year and I, I hadn't really enjoyed anything I'd gone and done. It was the first moment that I felt myself doing something that I was completely enthralled with. That I nice. had, I wasn't, for, for one minute, I wasn't thinking about the fact that, of how anxious I was, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh God, there's something in this. Like this is a, this is exciting, like, you know? So I knew from that moment I'm doing, I'm doing video. Like I really enjoy video. It was so much more, um, I guess just exciting that photography, you know, it was, it was, it was live, it was action in it, you know? So I knew I was in video straight away. I went from there when I finished uh, secondary school, I went into college and I went straight to do media production. 
Um, I mean, as for, you, and it's funny that we both went to the same college yeah. and did the same course and had the same, the same tutors. That was crazy. Yeah, that was it. so weird. That we, were, we, we So you were, so I started, I can't remember how many years you were past me because I did it in, I started in 2009 in my course. Yeah. Do you know what year you started? Oh, Jesus, um, I have, I, I, gradu- I graduated in 2017. And, but that Four was... Four years after. I graduated in 2011. Yeah, I was a good few years after yeah, you. Yeah, you were quite a, lot, a good bit after Whoa. me. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How I old were you when you started that course? I was 18. Oh. I, I oh. went straight from school. Oh, no, see, I, yeah, Jesus. No, I was like, I was kind of like the older guy in the class. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, the weird thing was that was very normal for that course because out of that, every student in my class, there was only three of us that had gone straight from school. Yeah, same. Like there wasn't people. many, there wasn't, I think there was only, yeah, about two or three people mm, that were like It seems to be much school. more popular with like mature students. Maybe it's because people like uh, start to realize what they want to do later. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It could be. So I did that. I did, went straight into doing, studying media production. I did that for three years. And the course I did was a diploma course. So I was only able to get a diploma out of it. There wasn't an option to get a degree. Oh, was there so no option that. at the time for that? No. So, uh, so you got to do the degree because they yeah. brought it in. Um, so in Ireland, there's a, to explain, you have an international audience. So in Ireland, there's a thing called uh, a college of further education, which is a st- kind of like a community college, mm-hmm. um, but they're not allowed legally offered degrees. They can only offer up to diplomas. So this course at the time when I was doing it didn't have a degree year, like a fourth year you were allowed to get a degree from. But th- so they piled with um, the University of Overhampton in the UK and they offered remote degrees where you could learn the degree in Dublin in this college, but your actual degree came from yeah. the University of Wolverhampton. So you well know this, because this is what you ended up doing. Yeah, just, that's the degree I have. It says yeah. Wolverhampton on it, like it as if I went to that so university. So you actually went to, like, yeah, you went yeah, yeah. to that university. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like. I tell people that sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I went there. <laughs> yeah, so that, even though you've never set foot on the campus. No, I've never been there, but it was funny. They used to like send me the emails. to. Like, it's, <laughs> in, it's in a different country, but they used to say, yeah. Friday night, we have a, have a dance. Hold on, Zach's joining. Let's hey, Hi. Zach. Say hello. Be shy. Oh, you gonna be shy? Be shy. <laughs> Do you want to come in and say hello? Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you okay? Hold on, I'm gonna see what he wants. Go for it. That's adorable. <laughs> It's the cutest. He got, he got his head. Cute. He had a big, um, he had a big curly mop of hair. Yeah. And his his mom shaved it all off. <laughs> but in fairness to her, she used the wrong, the wrong, um, blade. The wrong, so. Oh right. So it's shorter than she, than she meant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where were we? Where were we? Uh, sorry. Yeah, I was explaining your degree. Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny how you explained the degree like people often ask me that but you could explain it so much better than I explain <laughs> it in such so, a concise amount of time that's yeah. the reason I was able to explain it kind of is because we were the first year that we, they tried to get it in for so I graduated oh. in um so I went 2010 so I graduated sorry I was wrong I graduated in 2012 not 2011 so I finished in 2012 and they were trying to bring in this fourth year for us as they in the first class to come back three months later um, and they were trying, they were trying, they were trying. It was coming down right to the wire at the end of the course. And literally, it was almost down to our last, I think, three or four weeks in the course in the end of May. They said to us, we're really sorry. It's not oh, going to happen no, this year. No. So we were all set to be like, come back and, and do. And well, certainly an amount of us wanted to come back and do it. And it didn't happen. They just couldn't get it ready in time and get the agreement done in time. So um, we went and then I finished. I graduated college. And at this point, a year previous, 
I had decided to set up a freelance business doing video production for um, basically anyone who wanted it needed a video made. So businesses, yeah. music, musicians, whoever it would be. So I had just started doing that about a year before I finished. I then graduated and then I went full scale into trying to do that. So I was like, that was going to be my job. I was going to have this career uh, and this business of being behind the camera and making videos for different companies and that kind of thing. So I, I ended up doing that for about five years. Um, and they ended up bringing me back. Uh, this is the weirdest part of probably all of my career, really, was they ended up bringing me back a year afterwards saying, um, listen, we finally got this course in. We're going to take the, some of the students from your, the current year, uh, but we're also offering places to some, some select students from the previous year who we knew were interested and we think would be really good at the course. Would mm -hmm. you like a place on it? Um, and I was like, fuck, they're really like literally offering me a place yeah, on the degree nice. course. Yeah, like yeah. without applying, without anything, that's amazing. Like, but I said no, because I was already working. I was, okay. I already had a business going and I wasn't about to go back and spend, I think it was, I don't remember the fee, I think the fees were about 3,000 already or more. I think they could have been, I think they could be more than that, yeah. It might yeah. have been more. A little bit more than a, that, yeah. It was a private, obviously, like we're very used to kind of very cheap education in Ireland and it was a, because it's a private college in the UK, the fees were quite expensive. Yeah, um, yeah. So Unfortunately, I like, that's what has stopped a lot of people in my yeah, class doing it as yeah. well. They couldn't afford it. Anyway, continue. I, sorry. I couldn't. No, it's fine. I couldn't. I just couldn't validate. Like, what? Not validate. I couldn't. Um, oh, what's the word? Uh, uh, no, the justify word. Justify it. Justify, I couldn't justify yes. it because I was like, well, I'm working in this, and media it was really an industry where you you could get just as far by just having good work good examples of your work as you could with a paper or a degree. Like, if you walked in with a really good show reel versus walking in with a degree but nothing to show for it you the person with the good show reels getting picked every time you know yeah yeah it's so, for me for me it was more of a a personal thing just yeah. to have the degree totally. you know i've never yeah. shown anybody it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. no i totally get it it was only if i hadn't have been already working in video i would have i like i wanted to go for it originally and like now as an adult i'm like oh i'm like one of the only people i know that doesn't have a degree you know and it's a weird like mark on my record in a, in a way like but then i look at the work i've done i'm like ah fuck it i'm good like yeah um, yeah you know but so I, so what was even weirder was i said no so i turned down the course that was i think july i was working in video production and then a month later i saw this advert to work on the course teaching the students who were in it Oh, as a technical shit. supervisor for it. <laughs> so I went for that and I got hired for that instead. So I taught in that college for three years um, as like teaching the students who were doing the degree. And the weirdest thing was I taught, they ended up teaching students who were more qualified than me. Like they oh had more qualifications God. than I did. But the, the, the role was to be a technical supervisor. So it was basically all like, helping them with like the, the technical side of things like how the, when they couldn't work the camera or when something went wrong in their edit or whatever it was like that i was the one crazy. teaching that stuff like so and that <laughs> purely came that purely just came from the experience of having worked for two years or three years at that point in the in media like you know i was i when you work like so i had a really cheap laptop which re couldn't run the software and i could get into a lot of anecdotes about that but i won't because i'll take up a lot of time but when you work it with bad equipment, you learn everything that can possibly go wrong. Like every error code ever, you learn how to fix things. So yeah. that's why I was so suited to the role. So I ended so, up teaching that. In a way, in a weird way, you kind of did do the degree in a way because you have <laughs> yeah. to follow everything along that's yeah. going on. Because I remember when we did, when I did that, that course, mm. the, 
we had a lad that was the technical person um, in yeah. the background all the time. And he was like, he had to keep up to date with all the assignments that we were doing and, and save all the files and do all yeah. the stuff. So in a weird way, you probably did the course more intensely than I did, <laughs> even though you didn't do the course. That is so strange. Holy yeah. shit. It's really so weird. It and I, and not only be, that, but I put in, I, I, sorry, I implemented all of that stuff because I was the first one, year one. So I sat down with the lecturer who ran the course and implemented oh, yeah. all of the things that needed to be checked up on Whoa. as the technical supervisor. Whoa. I can blow your mind a little bit more. Go ahead, blow it. What was the name of the guy who was your supervisor? Do you remember? Oh, I forget his name. I called him, see, I called him a, I called him a different name. I called him, I just called him Jerry the whole time. Just it was just a little running joke. <laughs> okay. But um, he's kind of a kind of short haired, nearly baldy guy. I think. Yeah. Young and he's young enough as well. Okay. Sound sound bloke. Um, I think I might have known him, but I don't know if it's this, so because I I knew the guy who ran, who took over that job two years after I did it. It's, what was his? Do you know his name? His first name? Yeah, his name was Alan. Could have been him. Could have been. I don't did know. He have, okay, this, he had. A, he has a very distinctive. He, does he have white eyelashes by any chance? No, no. Okay, then it, maybe it wasn't no. the same person. But he said he did do the course a few years ago as well. The fellow uh, that okay. did it. I don't know. Wait, no. Yeah, then that has to be him because he did. I taught my best friend on the course. Maybe it was him then. And yeah. then he took over the job a few years later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally my best friend for years. And oh, I think wow. he might have been your supervisor. Yeah, maybe was. See, I'm so self-absorbed that I don't pay attention to anybody else. Other than I don't know. It might, they had a few different people doing it, so it might not have been the same person. There's a chance. But yeah, I, it was weird. I ended up teaching my best friend. He was one of the students. He was always very stressed. Like, he was like, like he's sound, but he was like, <laughs> so he had so many, and then, you know, hard drives. Anytime yeah. I went to all the hard drives and he's connecting them up and trying to help everybody with their projects. But uh, yeah, that's definitely a way more intense, intense, yeah, um, it's intense a... than actually doing the course. So you probably learned more than anyone who's ever done the course. And because you were the first one to do it. Mm. It must have been even way harder because there was no protocols. You had to make the protocols. You need to make you know? them all up. It was Whoa. very fun though. Like it was really enjoyable. So I did that for like three years, two, two and a half ish. Because I was for one year, I was just like teaching the next supervisor how to do it. Um, and then I continued doing um, uh, video production in my business for the next for five years or so altogether. And I was just winding that down. So I, and I kind of always kept like a normal part time job along with it because I was never full time into it. Um, and I was just at one of that then when Facts Channel came along. Um, I had just gotten bored, really tired of making videos of what, for other people. I wanted to make my own stuff and tell my own stories. And I was like, ugh, I'm, I don't want to keep these. Are, like corporate videos is like where you sell your soul essentially. Like there's no, you don't typically don't have your own input in a lot of them, especially if you're just doing mini projects as opposed to being like a long-term partnership. You're not really growing your, yourself in a way. Yeah. You're growing, obviously, you're growing you know, context and being able to do more videos. Yeah. But in terms of your own work or like if you're making short films or YouTube yeah, videos yeah. or anything like that, yeah. yeah. You, you're making someone else's story yeah, and making yeah, it look yeah. good as opposed to making your own if you, if you have a story you want to tell. Now, like I was super into doing that. So it's not to knock that industry. There's like, it's a great industry to do. Yeah, but same, if you have. Same like a mind that you want to tell us some story yourself, then, you know, you might get tired of it. Like, so I got very bored of it. I was, it was, it started feeling like every, every video was the same thing essentially. Like, 
Um, so then I literally just came across Facts Channel on YouTube, and I how started. Did, so how did them. how did you get onto the Facts Channel? Because I know everyone has a different kind of method or a different story yeah. of how they got <laughs> on it. Because lots of people did want to be uh, yeah contributor oh, I, on the Facts Channel. I was very straightforward. I was like the muggle. I just applied. Like I saw a Facebook post saying they wanted new contributors and I sent them an email. I was, (laughs) I used to always say I was the jobber, which is a WWE term. Like I was, I was not a comedian. I was not an actor. I was, I had no special set of skills. I just wanted to be on it. So I hadn't started making my own YouTube videos at this point. I had a channel. I had made ones when I was like 17, but I hadn't like my own, like what I have now. Um, So I, had started watching Facts Channel, really enjoyed watching it. I saw, I think I saw a couple of months worth of videos. Then I followed them on Facebook and I had in my head being like, I'd really like to be on this thing. They're really wanting to be in front of camera instead of wanting to be behind camera. So I was like, I really would like to be on that. That's so cool. I followed them on Facebook and literally, I think a week later, I saw a post saying, like, we're looking for new contributors, send us a message if you want to be on it. And I sent a uh, a video because obviously I had so much media skills. I like took a load of videos of me out adventuring, doing random different stuff, put them together and film myself like recording a, an introduction to them being like, this is what I like to do. And basically it was kind of like, a, I'm up for new, trying new things. Here's a trailer of what I do kind of stuff. Nice. That's a, uh, a, a good way to do it as well. You probably yeah. made it harder for them not to take it <laughs> on because like you did such a good job in that video. And yeah. I'd say well, you did was, as well. I was hoping that I kind of would show that I was up for more some of the more adventurous stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, I applied. They called me back like a week later and invited me in and that was it. I was part oh, of the You must have been delighted after putting such effort yeah. into the, the video to get the, I was the call really, back uh, I was so nervous for my first shoot though. I was really nervous. Um, like I don't get nervous in front of camera at all, but in, in front of someone else's camera a little bit, especially if it's in like a studio environment as opposed yeah. to like like collaborations or, you know, outside stuff. If it's like you need to like be here on time, do this, do that, you know, I'd be like, whoo, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> and I it's remember also the first one. The I was facts, very nervous. The, the way the facts channel works and is is like well, worked was like mm. a lot of the time when you were doing the video, especially at the start, it was also it could be your first time doing the video, but it's also your first time kind of meeting everybody, the producers yeah. or whatever. And you don't really Everything. get to meet them fully on the first time, definitely not. But no. then you're also meeting the person, the majority of the time that you're going to do the video with for yeah. the first time as for well. For the first time as well, you don't wanna, yeah. <laughs> So like, you don't want to, especially for me, it was like, I'm, I'm kind of a, an out there type of character, you know what I mean? So mm. I was like, oh, I kind of need to hold everything back a little bit, you know? <laughs> Um, so yeah I totally get where you're coming from yeah I was nervous and also my first one was a solo video as well and it wasn't it wasn't even a reaction one it was Irish people talk about being non-drinkers oh yeah yeah yeah, so it wasn't even a reaction one it was literally just come in and talk and I was like I'm so freaked out what if I'm really bad what if I'm really boring what if I like freeze up what you know all that kind of stuff like from then on it was a bit easier because it was just like meet a person sit beside them and you get something to react to but that one was literally just like we're going to ask you questions about why you don't yeah. drink and talk about it like that's so a baptism by scary. fire you got <laughs> yeah, right bit, yeah. in front of the camera talk now <laughs> <laughs> lights camera ah. and you slowly yeah. like slowly maybe not slowly but you you quickly became like a a favorite in the facts channel you know amongst the audience people loved you and you began to kind of get your own little sort of cult following amongst <laughs> the the people that the contributors in the facts channel that must have felt great then to have 
so many people kind of showing you support and stuff in, yeah. the, in the comments. It was great. I, I think I was still, I was a little bit of a dividing figure sometimes. Uh, I wouldn't ever have, like, so if I was to think about, like, because I was a fan of the channel before I started being on it, I kind of have my favorites in my head as well. Like, yeah, and yeah, I never yeah, really yeah. classed myself in the same tier. Uh, like I was never, because I, 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 I want, I'm not particularly funny as a person. Like I'm not uh, yeah, a yeah, funny, funny. <laughs> no, not really. Like I'm not, I, and I accept that about myself. I'm never like the funny one of the group, you know what I mean? Okay, in any okay, friend group. Okay. And I just like, I know I'm not. And uh, I can't change that. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if I can <laughs> learn to be funny. Like, so I was just, you know, the, the alt girl. I was the goth girl. I was the, the that kind of extra little stereotype in that sense like and that is who I am like I am old I am goth so I was happy to kind of embrace that and usually I'm quite a full, like friendly person as well so like that was kind of that's like you know yourself we didn't play characters on on the channel like we were just ourselves like yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so you it's just an exaggerated representation of yourself usually if we're trying food we don't scream about it or shout about it we yeah, just yeah. eat it and see hmm, okay <laughs> like you know it's just amped up a little bit <laughs> um but it was yeah it was nice to see it being like it definitely took i think a couple of videos before people were like embracing me in a, in that sense although my, because I, obviously i was introduced as a solo person in my very first video for a very long time i was just known as Paige, like because i had my Paige's hair from wwe and i had dyed it to look like hers so everyone was like oh who's the wwe girl and i was like the wrestling girl for quite a while then i was the goth girl then i was leather jacket guy's sister for quite what? a long time i didn't hear about this yeah because i we we were paired in a video together really early on i think it was like my fourth or something and randomly we were dressed identically like Whoa. head to toe there was a photo on twitter somewhere head to toe leather jacket leather leather top leather boots black jeans like oh, and i had long black hair so every single comment in that was is like is that leather guy's girlfriend <laughs> is that leather guy's sister like who is this chick <laughs> I didn't um, know that. so That's for a while i was that one as well and then slowly, very slowly, I became Harker and people started knowing me as Harker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and people started to love you. And yeah, it was, it's, it was a great time, the facts, the facts <laughs> it was. time, wasn't it? It was very fun. Like, I really um, enjoyed it. Was, was my first video with you? or did, uh, I don't know, you know whether, what your first one was. Um, no. Hmm. But I remember, I think one of my first ones was definitely with, with, with you. Yeah, I definitely think and I met you early you had, on as you were joining. It was when you had that hair, like your hair was like one color and the other one, the other hair was the other color. You all right, buddy? Uh, you pop, pop your head in, say hello. <laughs> you get braver? <laughs> say hello. No? You just want to have a nose? <laughs> <laughs> I can just see the It's funny because you can see it on the <laughs> He's gone. Again. Um, yeah, when I when I when I met you when I did, I remember you had the hair. Yeah, the hair you were talking about. That's the wrestling the hair, is it? Kind of, huh? That's the wrestling hair, is it? Was that after? No, the so the wrestling hair was half black and then half blue at the end. Oh, the blonde streak was because I wanted to look like Rogue from X Men. Oh, but I could never make it go white. Okay. So uh, I, I can rate my time on facts based on what hairstyle I had, <laughs> and every few months it was something different. <laughs> yeah so how many videos did you do with facts then how long were you with the facts channel i don't I was know with how them long two or two and a half years i think i did like 60 it was 50 to 60 Whoa. around that Whoa. um but yeah over the course of at least two years i did that so it was like one every month or two and what was what was the favorite what was your favorite video you ever did on the facts channel Ooh, 
the wrestling one was really fun where they brought we went down to a gym in, in County Bray or County Bray in, in County Wicklow and Bray and we tried like WWE wrestling that was incredibly fun there was also a chili video where we tried different chilies <laughs> and hey yeah they fed us chili and it was some of the nicest food i've ever eaten in my life oh nice it was delicious and uh, the favorite one i ever did was um we did one i don't know if you were in this one where we tried serial killer last meals oh i was in that but i was at ryan oh were you in that that yeah, was so cool yeah, did you great. not think that was awesome the food was so good yeah yeah we got like what was it kfc I think it was KFC, one of them. Oh, but do you remember the other, they, they, like you're expecting all these class meals and then some serial killer <laughs> had really ordered bad. like an olive. Yeah, I hate single. olives as well. <laughs> you, were you with, I think you were with, um, was, were you with Brian in that one? Um, yes, you I think I was. Brian. I think I was with Brian. He used Brian. to have a good memory for who was in videos, but I don't really, it's been a while. It's been a couple of years now since that channel ended, so I don't always remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so your favorite one was eating chili? Was it? Yeah, chi- well, eating chili or doing the wrestling, one or the other. Because the chili was just delish. Like it was some of the nicest food I've ever had. And the wrestling, I had a hand in organizing that shoot. I was asking them to make it, and they had decided to go with it. So I was super proud of it. Oh, wow, like, tell us about the yeah. wrestling one, because I don't think I actually seen that fully. The the wrestling one. Uh, it was coming. Up, it was it was shortly after I joined the channel. I think it was in my first year. And it was going up to WrestleMania. So I had, I had an ear of one of the producers and I was just like, please make a wrestling video. Please make an RC <laughs> Fry wrestling video. Uh, it's like WrestleMania is coming up in a few weeks. You can have it made. It'll come out. It'll do well. Like, and they were like, yeah, we'll think about it. And then they decided to go with it. Because I was, I was like, I, I had gone to a few wrestling classes the year beforehand. And I was saying, I know a gym. They'd be up for it. They'll bring you in. They'll do it with you. Like you could shoot there. It'll be great. And they were like, okay, great, get in touch with them. What's, what was their phone number like? And they set it up and they went with it. And they asked me then, they, so they decided to go with Irish women try WWE wrestling. So it was nice. myself, Nicole, and Sarah. Uh, and nice. us three tried, like, learned wrestling for the day and they filmed the whole thing. Out of every video, that was the one that I really wished I had had all the extra footage they didn't use. I would have loved to have had, like, I really... I was trying to figure out how can I offer to buy this footage so that I can have the rest of that footage. <laughs> but there was so much more stuff I did in it that I wasn't in it. Like that doesn't, you know, with yeah. any shoot, everything gets like a cut. I just really wanted to have it for myself so I could be like, I did a thing. <laughs> I did a move, you know. And was it, was it hardcore? Were you still yeah, proper moves? Yeah, it was great. Like we look awful doing it. Like we're so bad at it. But we learned basically a mini match. We did like a, a two minute match at the end after we learned to put together all the moves. And I like got flung out over the top rope and land outside the ring and everything. Oh, it was God. amazing. Like, nice. Uh, it was so fucking cool. It was so much fun. They were always my favorite. Like we, I didn't get to do uh, very many, even if I don't even know if I did any other ones that were outside of the studio. But they, that was what I got. That was what I, when I applied to facts, I showed them all stuff I had done, like bungee jumping and all this kind of thing. Um, that kind of style, I, I had done, not bungee jumping, I had, that was afterwards, but I had done like a fire walk and I'd walked over broken glass and all this kind of stuff. Wow. So I, I had sent them that kind of thing. Um, and I was really hoping they do like loads of those kind of videos. But I think that might have been probably the only one I did outside the studio, if I remember correctly. Nice. That sounds like an awesome one. I'll have to check that one out. I don't know. Yeah, I think I could good. have seen it or I could have seen I def, I definitely seen snippets of it, but I'm not sure if I seen the whole thing. Because it was very early on from when I joined. So you might not have seen it at that okay. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. 
when the Fox channel ended then, did you, is this when you decided to take your own channel a little bit more seriously or? Yeah. So I started the channel probably a year in because I was like, man, this is great. But now I really want to make my own videos too, you know, and especially being around so many creative people and now having this whole new group of friends who were like willing to be on camera with me. Yeah. I was like, right, this is great. Like, let's make vlogs, let's make videos. So I kind of started making a lot of like behind the scenesy kind of stuff, but not specifically of facts. Like it, I, I made monthly vlogs. So I mm-hmm. do like the Harker, it was called the Harker era. Oh, uh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, a, such that, a cheesy yeah. title, but I called it that. <laughs> and it was like the Harker era March or, or April or May. And I made it every month and it, it capsuled the 30 days of the month of what I'd gotten up to. And a lot of that then was like behind, with fax people or behind, filming in fax. If I went in, I'd film something, you know. So I had started that about, I think, eight or nine months prior to fax ending. Um, around that, anyway. And fax ended. And I was like, right, like, th- this is the time to really do this. Like, there's a whole audience out there that have seen me on a different channel that now don't have any anything to watch. Like, this is the time to take this seriously and actually, like, and it was my channel was going well at that point as well like I had a lot of a good audience that were actually pretty interested in it so I was like right well I need to really take this seriously if I'm gonna do it so I did but I also then I'm extremely lazy so I only probably made like one video <laughs> a month like it was I, I am an extraordinarily lazy person so in terms of like taking it seriously 12 videos in a year isn't a lot you know yeah 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 uh, but I did try <laughs> I still, to this day, I'm not good at taking, like, making weekly videos. I really, I still can't but do it. Like, when you do make a video, it's always, there's always a, a lot of thought, thought put into the video. Mm. There's always a story or a team or, like, I think it's quality over quantity with you, you know? Like, you. Um, and I think that's what people enjoy as well because I'm guilty of sometimes putting up you know, five videos in a row and they're all just <laughs> spur of the moment ideas yeah. with not really taught out or not yeah. scripted or, you know, I, I, I do, I, I do, I do the other end of things. As, no, I do the other end of things as well, where I would think it out yeah. and do a script and storyboard and, you know, there's a proper story, but it's just, my point is like, there's always, your, your videos are always well edited. There's always a, you know, <laughs> there's always a team, a story to it. And it's, it's not just a piece of, shite that you just stick on in the background it's, it's like a lot of effort put into it so I think I think um there's no need to be too hard on yourself in that respect because <laughs> I'm sure the 12 videos that year that you did put up were all of a, of a high quality you know Thank I mean, you. well edited and, and a lot of time put in yeah. and I think that's how people um kind of magnetize to you because of that because of the effort and the time and the you know the stories and the top <laughs> put into your videos so I am trying. I'm trying to kind of embrace like the medium ground of not being because there. It's it. Thank you very much for the compliment, and it is great to do it that way. But you, it's quite easy to also fall into the rabbit hole of being overcritical of your own your own content. You know, where you don't put something up for ages because you're like, oh, this really needs more work. This really needs work, yeah, and it's not at yeah. quality. And you get to the point where you've dug yourself into such a hole that even putting it up, it doesn't do well because it's been two months since anyone's seen your channel, you know? <laughs> so you kind of like, you, you have to find like the middle ground of like make good stuff and often and don't get like, so like I, I'm a person who has never learned how to edit fast. Mm-hmm. I have to, like I edit slowly because I'm, I edit so specifically. I've never learned how to stop caring about the little things. Mm-hmm. And I fall into these rabbit holes of like, I want to fill this filter here. I'm going to spend the next seven hours learning how to do that. Like, yeah, and I yeah, lose yeah, a yeah. whole day worth of editing. Like, you know, I do a lot of that. 
So I'm trying to get a bit better at not caring about those little things quite. But so I think, I think, I th- yeah, I know you. I know what you're saying about the middle ground. But I think sometimes I wish I had that patience of like, <laughs> you know, sitting there seven yeah. hours trying to do the filter. Like sometimes I'm guilty of just like. Like I put so much effort into the production of it. Like mm. now, if I'm doing it for a brand, obviously I, I, I'll I'll uh, put everything into it and yeah. I'll make it pro as fuck. But when it's just for my YouTube or Facebook or anything like that, yeah. sometimes I do the opposite of you, and I just slap it together. Yeah. <laughs> I've never like, been able to really do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe like a, a, a medium ground of me and you would be perfect. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it comes from like because I was so technical based in my college and in my previous jobs. It comes from not being able to like accept mediocre like and I mean I don't mean story I don't really focus on story that much I mean like sound levels and clarity and that kind of stuff like I've abandoned either whole shots or whole videos because something small was wrong instead mm-hmm. of just dealing with it you know mm-hmm. um or like I, I'm very particular I'm very very bad at framing when it comes to filming like I can't frame a shot for to save my life uh, in terms of like making it look good like I'm sure there's a way to make this apartment look amazing but I haven't figured it out you know like like I somehow made managed to make everywhere I film look awful. <laughs> like it's not my forte. <laughs> I and then afterwards I, I watch it back and you. I'm like, this is awful. No, Why didn't is... I spend more time framing this properly? You know? No, but this is just in, inside Harker's brain. Nobody <laughs> yeah. else is seeing that at all. It's critique. <laughs> but no, well, some of the reasons you haven't seen it is because there are, there have been whole takes of videos that I've just abandoned and done again because i was like this looks crap i'm doing oh, this all see. over yeah, again yeah, like, yeah. i get you so, so i don't i would never put it up sometimes oh, like, okay yeah, yeah, uh, yeah so yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to get better at that a little bit <laughs> and get a bit more regular and like the funny thing is so i'm not afraid to like be open about youtube or anything my youtube channel is doing the worst it's ever done in its entire career like in oh. terms of views and and that kind of thing i'm getting the least amount i've ever gotten Mm-hmm. and I, that, I think that just comes from having a channel that you barely uploaded on for such a long time the audience that were interested are, are not anymore like um mm. you know so it, it, i'm trying to like get more consistent because youtube really favors a consistent uploader yeah. over yeah. maybe that's the what best i struggle quality, with like, the most you know? Tarka. that's what i yeah. struggle with the most but like I'm looking at your channel here and you have, you have some nice views. Like, you know, you have 19.1 K subscribers. You definitely mm. have that like base of people that is so hard to get at the start. Like yeah, that is, that's when you the hardest part them, of it. Like when you abandon them, they may as well not be there in the first place. You <laughs> abandon <know>? them. <laughs> I abandoned them. Like you put them on a river, just <laughs> in a basket. Basically like I, I, uh, I was I was averaging really high views for my subs. Like I was averaging probably you're talking seven to eight thousand views a video, or well five to eight thousand views a video on yeah, average, that's class. Oh, oh, at least that's up class. to like, and some of them will go up to eleven thousand quite consistently. And now I'm de- I average about one and a half per video, which is compared to your obviously your subscribers are going up that whole time, your views are going down, which means that you're only reaching one twentieth of your audience, which mm-hmm. is minuscule, you know. So like in terms of like how you're how that kind of content, like I'm, and my content hasn't differed. So it's not like, you know, the content suddenly crap or anything. It's that if you don't upload for two or three months in a row, you're going to lose people, you know? I think you should just have me on the channel more and that will just automatically, you know, boost views by like 10,000 every time. I'll lose half my subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah. I'm looking through. You have some, um, 
and this isn't meant to be a deep dive of Harker's YouTube channel, but <laughs> well, well, right. Um, some of your videos here have like extraordinary amounts of views. Like I'm looking at one here, fish haters try sushi for the first yeah, time. That went and it has viral. nearly half a million views, yeah, 50k views here, St. Patrick's gotten. Day. Oh, there, there's me, the Harker yeah, earlier, December 2017. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Jesus You'll Christ. You'll see, if you look at my older, like the 2017, 2018 videos, they'll have so many more views than my current ones would have. Like I, the, tried, the, I tried cheap gothic clothes from Wish has ooh, 87k yeah. views. Holy shit. That, way, that was my only successful video over the last year, really. <laughs> it was not. Stop that. No, it was, genuinely. In terms of, in terms of going viral, but your other videos are, are very entertaining. Like, sure <laughs> to to a small amount of people. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat Irish versus American Halloween oh, candy that's has okay, 15,000 yeah. views. That's that cold. went well. But you have to remember those those views came up over the course of seven months. Like they're yeah, older true, videos. True. So you, of course, the longer a video is up, the more views you might trickle in. Um, so, but in terms of instance, so you, I would have probably been getting several thousand in its first two days, probably. Oh, nice. You, like there was days I would have gotten a thousand views in its first hour of being live. Like you'll so, be back. They'll, they'll come back. <laughs> they'll come back. Oh yeah, like I'm not upset about it or anything. Like it's just you need consistency, and that's what yeah. I'm trying to do now. Like. So then you moved on to like streaming and stuff um, and you're still doing YouTube as well. And, but yeah. I know from a personal level that you, you enjoy streaming, like you really love it. How did that begin and what do you love about it most? Streaming is like amazing. It's just so much more enjoyable. Uh, my, I find more enjoyable than video. Well, I mean, they both have their merits and they both have different you know, um, exciting parts about them. Uh, you make you can make much more interesting, I think, things in video. Like obviously, you can film anywhere you want and that kind of stuff. Whereas streaming is very limited in terms of where you are. You have to have a really good internet connection. Um, yeah, mine. No. <laughs> I have a great internet connection and it pops off sometimes. It's yeah. so annoying. Anyway. Streaming is just the in the interaction can't be beat. Like it's like when you 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 know you reply to comments on a YouTube video and it's great, but it doesn't feel like a conversation. You know. It's, it feels like an email. Streaming is like it's being in the room with someone at that yeah. exact moment. It, it's like, it, I think it's the main thing that's been getting me through quarantine because it's, it is now my social interaction for the day is, is when I stream. Like, um, I hang out with people and it all, and like, it's, it's, when I stream, it's just myself on camera. You can't see the other people. You can just see their messages. Uh, but it's just so much fun. Like I tried it on YouTube originally. I think I tried like a couple of streams on YouTube. And then I just had one that was really successful out of nowhere. I think I had just turned on super chats or something and I got loads of super chats, like just mm -hmm. a crazy amount. But then the year afterwards, YouTube took half of it. <laughs> and I was like, hold on a second. What? Like, why is YouTube taking a half of the money that people have tried to give directly to me? Like, and it turns out YouTube takes like, I think a 30% cut and then they charge like transaction tax and, and or fees or Bank and then apple apple well. like charge a tax to, to use this thing through an iphone as well or something what? Like that. Do they? yeah some there's some kind of pay, like yeah. the person who was paying there was like a tax from you paying from your device or something like that i don't really know what it was as if they, they, they don't have, get enough money from ads already on youtube yeah. like, come on so it was like okay hold on this is new, i think it was like 45 percent was gone or something like that so i was like this is insanity so I started looking into other platforms and people had told me about Twitch quite a lot and I wasn't familiar with it. So I checked it out. I very, very slowly started a streaming on it 
it was like the funniest thing because I was so bad for the first while because I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. I'd never tried to, to really deal with that well before. I was trying to get to grips with a new software that wasn't familiar to me. I was trying to like, I was on the worst internet connection. Like I was, <laughs> my internet connection when I was streaming was 10 megabytes down and two megabytes up. Like how do you stream on that, you know? And it would also like cut out constantly so I was, I was trying to, and I was doing it off a DSLR webcam and every 25 minutes that turned itself off. So I had oh, to press shit. a button to turn it back on. It was oh, chaos. No. Did you, so, have you upgraded your webcam now or what are you? Yeah, yeah, I use a webcam now. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. It was the most chaotic thing, but everyone was into it because it was like, we made it a part of the joke that it yeah, was like yeah, such yeah, yeah. so bad, like, you know. So on, on Twitch, you, you can make your own emojis and people who subscribe to you on Twitch get to use the emojis you had created for your channel specifically. So I had one called a technical difficulties emoji made with <laughs> me with a camera that was snapped in half. And every time something would happen that went wrong with the stream, people would put that in the chat. So it became a running joke. It, it still is even to this day, like a running joke of the streams. But like literally I learned how to stream on stream. That's how it worked. Every time, like how I did, taught myself how to do media well enough to work in a college. I, I waited until things broke and I fixed them. or learned how to fix them and <laughs> continue on. Like, so um, it was a funny, uh, it, was, it was definitely easier having a background in media, but it was a, f- a very big learning curve, very fast. And you have like regular people who pop in like every time you stream and stuff. Oh yeah. Almost like a little community. It really is. Especially how long are you streaming now? I'm streaming 10 months now. So you must be like really getting to know these people as well. Like, oh yeah, I know their names. I know where they live. I know their, their social security numbers. <laughs> I can draw their identity. <laughs> no, it's great. Like you see this, and especially even funnier, you know, everyone on, on Twitch has a username and it's quite different to typically your name on YouTube or on your Instagram. People yeah. kind of create their own ones. So like I, there's someone say called Irish PS4 Gamer, that's his username. But I know that that's Thomas and I know where, what county he lives in. So you like have a running um a running thing in your head of where who it is you're talking to what they do like there's a guy called james his, his name is james bigger he has a farm so every time he's in <laughs> the first thing i say to him is hey james here's the cows because he raises <laughs> cattle you know it you're literally hanging out with your friends doing this and it's great because i have still have quite a small community on there i can remember it all when it starts getting a bit bigger i might struggle um to mm-hmm. try and remember all the individuals like but at the moment it's everyone and not only that that i know them but everyone knows each other as well so they all talk to each other as well as talk to me like you know um, um, and that's mostly what I do is I just do, mostly do chatting streams. Or I was just I about do, to ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mostly just talk. Most of the time we're just talking. Uh, and then occasionally I do like party games, which are just audience-based games that people can join in on. You, you don't have to own a certain game to play or anything like that. So we, we do a, a bit of that as well, just to like give us a bit more entertainment it's, instead of just me talking for five hours, which I do do sometimes as well. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's basically like you you say about it being a little community. We have so there's a thing on it called commands on Twitch, which is essentially where you can put in an exclamation point and a word afterwards. And if the streamer has set up a certain command for that, it gives you a line of text back. So I have a command called uh, exclamation point cult c u l t, and the, the command that comes back goes it says it's not a cult. Because <laughs> like it, that's what, what it yeah, kind of feels yeah, like yeah. sometimes, you know. So it comes back to tell you to to officially say that it's not a cult. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cult. It's not, not a cult. cult. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so you're, you're, it's a whole world over there. It really is. So you're really enjoying that now. Um, 
Um, what is it that you enjoy the most about the streaming thing? Is it the interaction with people and getting to know different people? Is it the laid backness of it? Because I know you seem to be like a lot happier since you found streaming. Not that, <laughs> that you are you are sad or anything, but yeah. just in your, your in your motivation levels and from what I've been talking to you, you just seem a lot happier yeah. in yourself. Um, I think you've kind of found something that you really love. Yeah, I really do really enjoy it. Like, it's funny, I have a very limited um, amount I can do it. And that's self-imposed. I've found that, on the, so I, now I stream twice a week. And most people on Twitch stream every day. A lot of people are da- daily streamers. But then a lot of people are game streamers. So they wouldn't be, they'd be playing the game and talking over it as opposed to doing what I would do, which is kind of like hosting a radio show almost. Like it's just nonstop. Like there's never a, a break of talking, you know, which sounds like it would drive you nuts. Uh, if you were listening to it, but um, it's just, I don't know, it's, it, the interaction is just unmatched on anything else. It really is. Like, it's like just hanging out with 30 of my friends every night that I do it. But I find two is the sweet spot for me. I do it Wednesdays and Saturdays so that it's, it's as separated in the week as it can be. And the nights that I've done extra, it's like we ran out of our topics. Like, we are, ha- like I, and this is honestly just, it's what I've done with my friends. So I'm bringing over like my, my, what I've done all my life, which is I don't text. I am not a texter. <laughs> if, if my friends are doing something so, and I don't see them for a month, I don't know what they've done for the month. I hate texting, specifically texting to like, to just catch up. I won't do it ever. Sometimes I'll phone, but I won't ever text because it's a drag I hate now. this. It's a drag nowadays, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh. I've been like oh, this. I have to move my fingers. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's not even just that though. It's like I, the constant update. You've nothing left to talk about when you do finally meet up. You know everything. You've talked about it already. You know, you've nothing, yeah. no news to tell. Like, uh, and I much more enjoy being with someone that I'm like, right, what the fuck you've been doing for three months? Like, and hearing all the stories in one go, you know, than hearing like a text update of like, this is what I'm doing or this happened, you know, I'm like, no, tell me like when I get to see you and talk to you where we can talk for hours and there's no interruptions and, you know, you can hear people or whatever it might be. Like, so I've always been like that. So that's kind of a habit. I guess I've brought to Twitch as well in the sense of I can't do it every day. Like, yeah, there's no news. There's nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's happened. There's nothing else to talk about. Whereas like once or twice a week, you're like, okay, some things have happened in the last few days. Maybe I've put up a video. Maybe, you know, like <laughs> James the other day, um, he was fixing like sorry there's another chat so a lot of them live in like tornado states in 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 the u.s uh, a lot of the people i chat to so like every so often i'm like what's up and they're like oh a tornado nearly killed us yesterday and i'm like what like or james like his fence went down because of the wind so he had to go out and fix his fence and you know like just there's news the things have happened in people's lives in three or four days yeah, and you also you also have day. like new fresh ideas or thoughts in your own head from yeah rather than if you were doing it every day i get that yeah yeah um, it's definitely my limit i can't go more than that i see you maybe know? maybe you will well, you never know you never know well, i i am lying i'm actually streaming tonight on Monday. <laughs> but that's because i've just started doing a thing where i do a game stream just because i'm replaying the last of us at the moment and oh, it's nice, not nice. so it's kind of like if wednesdays and saturdays are my stream this is like just a chill like i, don't, oh, I, ver- I, get you. Yeah, I very yeah, yeah. barely talk it's just to get i want to play the game and i thought i may as well like some people want to watch this game because they want to play the second one. So I may as well do it on Twitch, but it's very, very low key. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of just to, to, I'd say a couple of words every so often, but it's nothing like my, my standard stream. Like, Nice. So I hope people will go and, and check your streams out. Um, what's, it's just Harker Ryan on, on Twitch, is it? 
yeah parkour ryan the same as as anywhere else uh youtube and, and instagram and all those but i've been i need to turn this on you because i'm still trying to get you to to stream on twitch instead of youtube <laughs> i know i'm just you're still bet into youtube i'm, I'm just stubborn and i'm scared yeah. of change as well because like, <laughs> uh, I, I have a little base on youtube now you do, like, yeah. a small little base of people that come in and, and watch every time i stream on youtube and it's weird because it could be any time but they'll pop in it's great <laughs> but uh yeah i'm scared if i go to twitch that i might lose that but then on the other hand i'm thinking maybe if i go to twitch it'll my channel will grow a bit more on my streams it might because you're, you're also getting in people who are on a site to see live streams yeah, as opposed yeah, to people who are on a site to see short form video and happen to see a live stream. You know, people are there to, to, it's a very different attitude to spend time watching a live stream to spend time watching a video. Like I always, of the very few rare times that I stream on YouTube and I actually did one yesterday and um, YouTube very much feels like it needs to be a performance. Like you need to have a show, like a yeah, game show, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, you yeah. need a show. People are on YouTube to see, edited content like hard hard form like entertaining edited content they're not there to hang out for three hours you know whereas on twitch that's exactly what they're there for they're yeah. there to spend the rest of their evening watching you while they eat their dinner or whatever it might be like so mm -hmm. it's a very different attitude of what people are there for like i i definitely know the numbers game is interesting like i have like you mentioned nearly twenty thousand subscribers of 19 subscribers subscribers on youtube um and I mentioned about my videos doing badly, but I have on average 30 viewers on Twitch. So you take 19K subs versus 30 viewers. That's how many I've convinced to come over to, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, Twitch yeah. instead of staying on YouTube. So it is very difficult. Now, I, on average, in a stream, you might have 100 that might pop in over the course of the stream. But on average, concurrent viewers, you, I have about 30, bang on 30 every single stream. And like that, you're trying to then convince your audience okay come follow me here i know it's a platform you don't use and you don't familiar with but trust you know mm -hmm. but uh some people just won't ever do that they don't want to they might, might either aren't interested in live streams or they just don't want to get to grips with a new platform and twitch is very different mm -hmm. very different it took me quite a while to get to grips with watching streams on twitch you know it's um, a so gamble. it is very hard it's a gamble but it's it's something that i definitely will explore yeah. no doubt whether it's in the next couple of months or next year i definitely am going to start doing it but it's just i'm just kind of i'm just kind of seeing how the streams go for now yeah yeah and i'm just kind of testing out but i definitely will i definitely you will. could also like just start doing stages. one every week or two weeks and kind of yeah. test it out yeah yeah no i definitely you know, will it's in the sense of it's a gamble if you were to just quit streaming on YouTube, but it's also nothing to lose if you just happen to do one every so often. Exactly. And start exactly. like getting to getting doing it that way because no one's gonna leave your YouTube because you're doing a stream on Twitch, you know. I will take your advice and I will definitely <laughs> just, do that. It's a great community. It's just it has its it's its own corner of the internet that is not paralleled. You know, it really is like. Something I wanted to bring up on the podcast, Harker, is something that I find very interesting about yourself and very inspirational about yourself. And I'm not saying that to make it seem bigger than it is, but I genuinely do it in, in personal terms. Um, is, and if you're not comfortable to talk about that's fine, but I know you've struggled a lot through your life with mental health and as of I, oh, yeah. but I haven't, I haven't really spoken about mine. I have to you and mm. to personal friends and stuff, but not really on the, the internet. I've never really tackled it but maybe someday i will um but i was very inspired by how you've struggled with anxiety and stuff like that but you've you haven't let it like i know it has 
has stopped you from doing certain things yeah. in the past, but you seem to be doing great and you've seen you're still successful and you're still finding your way through life and i just I, help, tell us a little bit about that really um yeah no problem that's okay I no, yeah I've no, I've no issue with talking about it because I, I even dropped it into conversation earlier and yeah. uh, mental health is a thing i'll talk about because it should then this whole thing about ending stigma about mental health and you know we need to make it normalized the only way of normalizing it is to treat it like it's normal mm-hmm. physically so you don't need to go out and say let's end the stigma you need to end it yourself by just accepting that it's a completely normal part of your life so i'll drop into conversation something about mental health or about anxiety or whatever it might be because as easily as i'll drop into conversation that i had a cold last week like it is just another part of your health exactly you exactly know? i totally agree so it's tell the us best what, way i can think of to, to what, normalize it like how did this start with you and what what struggles did you have because i know they were was when you were growing up or yeah very skills when it started or stuff stuff like that yeah so i had a thing called generalized anxiety disorder which is gad which kind of just means you're anxious about everything so some people have like social anxiety where they only get anxious kind of in social situations to deal with other people some people um get anxious like in very specific kind of environments i i I was generalized so i was just anything that wasn't being at home freaked me Mm -hmm. out uh mine started super specifically i was like two to a day this was the day i got sick like I was on a transition year bonding trip in the first year of my fourth year of secondary school. Oh, so you can literally to a day. To a day. It was oh one God. single event. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was on a trip. We was like our second day, I think, or first or second day on the trip. We were, uh, Transition year bonding trip is where they take the whole class of students away to somewhere other place in Ireland for a couple of days. Uh, to try and get the class to like bond together basically mm-hmm. um so we were at like this adventure center uh where they were bringing us like rock climbing and swimming and all this kind of stuff out in the wild like so i think either first or second day i was uh bouldering which is a thing that they called bouldering where you just climb up a river you essentially follow a path of a river where you kind of jump over a river you climb up a rock you get into the water you swim across you know all this kind of mad activities like and I couldn't swim uh, like at all. I, I never would have been able to swim. Um, and when I was much younger, I actually nearly drowned in a pool and a lifeguard had to like dive in and pull me out. At the time, it didn't phase me at all. Like I was, a, I was maybe 12. I was, you could bounce me off a wall. I'd be fine. Like nothing ever phased me as a kid. So I got out of the pool or he dragged me out of the pool. I apologized to him for making him jump in and all of his clothes. I was back in the pool a week later. So on this bonding trip in my fourth year of school, I... I remember so you're in a life jacket you're perfectly safe like you're not going to drown but I remember I climbed across part of the river and I like I felt my feet go from under me because it was so deep and I was like oh that felt weird and then you climb up to this other part of the river and they I I had gone to swim lessons even though I couldn't swim I could dive very well so I really enjoyed diving <laughs> but when I would dive into a pool I had to then swim to the wall and pull myself out immediately or I'd sink like I could not float to I enjoyed diving but the swimming part of it now was not <laughs> the swimming part did not suit me so uh, in swimming class they would let me dive like a foot away from the wall and dive in and then just drag myself out so they always let me do it so uh, in this river with a life jacket on they were, I was like can I they were dropping people in about probably four foot up like backwards they hold on to your life jacket and they drop you in you plop in backwards and then you swim off so I being a fucking adventurous little teenager was like can I dive in I know how to dive and they were like yeah of course you can go for it like you know how to dive you know how to dive so up from four foot up, I dive in. Perfect swan dive, like 10 out of 10. Never, not anticipating what it was going to feel like when your life jacket hits the water going into a dive. And it was like being kicked in the chest. Oh, God. Like I came up completely winded. 
just absolutely nothing left in my lungs could not get a breath of air in to save my life like just like I'd been really smacked um, like I, I fell off a horse when I was much younger and I, I hit perfectly leveled to the ground from about eight foot off the ground like perfectly down on my back and it was the exact same feeling of there's just you can't get your lungs to work but like you're not drowning you're you're floating you know even mm-hmm. life jacket on so I remember I crawled like I I was screaming for help couldn't hear me because we were beside a waterfall I managed to like sc- somehow scramble out of the water climb up the waterfall and I just stood there in shock like no idea what just happened I couldn't breathe no one was aware of it whatsoever and I was just like okay and I remember <laughs> my my, <laughs> my friend was like are you all right and I was like I don't know I think so I, I'm not breathing I'm not dead like mm. and I just was gone and basically now looking back as an adult what I understand was for the next two days I was fully in shock like mm-hmm. I basically had what I thought was like a near-death experience, even though I wasn't drowning. You're because you can't well, breathe. Your mi- for your for your panic. in your mind, it was a near-death experience. Yeah. You know, you're in such a panic by not being able to breathe and having nothing under your feet when you can't swim and in water that you just think you're drowning. That's all you think is I am dying right now. Even when you're out of the place, you're still like, what the fuck? So away from home, pretty much for the first time as well. For the next two days, I was like completely numb to everything. I couldn't feel, I couldn't, I was freezing cold all the time. Like I couldn't cope. Uh, I was also didn't enjoy it. Like the teacher who was with us. So I was kind of like being bullied quite a lot in, into like she, I wouldn't do any of the rest of the war activities for the weekend. And she kept giving out to me basically and saying like, what a disgrace you are. And why aren't you awesome. taking part? And you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, um, and yeah she was really and i, I just had a near-death experience teacher fuck off didn't know and I, could, I, I couldn't verbalize it yeah, I couldn't yeah, get, yeah. get words out so i didn't even understand what had happened because it was all so fast like so long story short i go home from the trip for about a week i don't sleep whatsoever like just not a wink and i brought probably about five i was out of school as well because my parents thought i was sick and probably about i think like night number five i was just out of it like i was just could not cope with life like and I remember going into my parents' bedroom. I was probably 15 this time. And just like screaming, crying, just like gone. Like just couldn't. And my, eventually my parents were put two and two together and were like, did anything happen to you on that trip? Because it was like only a few days afterwards and, they, and I hadn't slept for so long. And they were finally like, wait, maybe this was the cause. And I was like, eh, not really. I, I kind of <laughs> got into trouble in the water, but like, and I, yeah. I wasn't lying. I generally thought, I wasn't thinking about it that much. And my dad was like, Did, have you been thinking about that much? And I was like, I guess so. Like, I guess it kind of has been coming back to me a little bit. And that was for my dad. That was like, all right, I know what's going on. Like, and he brought me to a doctor and the doctor was just like, yeah, you've PTSD. Like you're replaying what's go- what happened. Even though you weren't actually dying, you t- thought you were. So it's the exact same scenario. You're mm-hmm. replaying what's happening over and over. That's why you can't sleep. So basically I was diagnosed with PTSD. And over the course of about one to two months it kind of morphed into an anxiety disorder where it kind of stopped being about the water and just started being about everything that could hurt me like yeah. anything that could happen you know yeah um and that was it for four years that was my life for four years then was anxiety just all the time about anything like anything anything that involved going out of my house basically i was kind of felt safe in my house because there was nothing that could really happen maybe i could fall in the shower and hurt myself but it wasn't like at that kind of scale and you were still probably at a little base level of anxiety while you were in your house as well. You know, yeah, you probably like still had that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But it was mostly about like what they had to do the next day, that I, like going to school or whatever it was that was freaking me out. Like, um, but yeah, it just like I, 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 I try and describe what anxiety feels like to people who have never felt it. 
And really in Ireland, the, the example I use is, do you remember what you feel like or felt like when you did your driving test? Because when, when, for most people, the first time they'll ever feel anxiety is the day they do their driving test, where they just feel this completely irrational fear mm-hmm. on such a level that they just want to get out of the car and run away. Even mm-hmm. though they know there's nothing physically to be scared about, the, the instructor isn't going to kill you. Like, there's nothing <laughs> to actually fear. It's just driving in a car with someone for 30 minutes. Most, uh, most adults in Ireland feel, fear, uh, or feel a, a, a unbridled fear like such nerves and that's anxiety in a nutshell mm-hmm. it's that feeling but about everything yeah. about going to school about walking to the shop about any decision you have to make anywhere you have to go like it's just about everything all day long like so it's unrelenting and it's exhausting like um so that and, was and it for so, about four years so i know there was like i remember you telling me before like it was like was it the four years you were, there was one year that was really bad for you where you really didn't do much at all? Was it just that, one year? Yeah, or? that would have, well, the, the next two to three years were probably the absolute worst. And then my final year when I started college uh, helped me an awful lot to kind of really start to recover from it. So being in school definitely was like kept me in the worst scenario because I would, every, so anxiety, one of, one of the triggers for me, I fainted a lot. I was undiagnosed as having, I didn't have, I have a disability called EDS but I wasn't diagnosed at the time. So no, we didn't know why I fainted a lot. No, no one was ever able to explain it. So I just randomly I faint. And we always just kind of assumed like, oh, you didn't eat enough or you didn't have enough sugar that day or whatever it might've been. Like you didn't sleep That enough. doesn't help with the anxiety either, does it? Well, well that <laughs> was kind of what that. my anxiety morphed around after I, the PTSD kind of wore off was, what if I go here and I faint? What if I go here and I don't feel well? What if I go here and something happens? What if I go here and I pass out? Oh, everyone's going to like see me passing out. Oh my God, I'll hit my head off the ground. Like it's just this onboarding of constant, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And mine was based around fainting just it was an unexplained thing that happened to me. So that's what it was based around. Uh, and I couldn't figure out a way to control it. Like, so that was my main, like, what if was, what if I faint here or there or there or there, you know? So uh, school was a nightmare because you couldn't not go to school. It wasn't really an option. So you were forced into a situation every single day where you just have to sit there. Like, like I couldn't, I can't explain the feeling really, but it's like this gritted teeth, just get through the next 40 minutes, do that eight times over and then you can go home. I know like exactly. The idea I know of, the exact feeling. Yeah. The idea of being able to pay attention to a lesson was gone. It was just try and stay in this building and not run out. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it was that for three years or so, uh, until the leave. Three I, years of that. Yeah. Fuck. The worst one was, the, was that year itself was the fourth year. Like four years a year, you're meant to be going on loads of trips and doing loads of extracurricular kind of stuff. Like you'd make up a little business and you go to fairs, a lot of events and market fairs and all this kind of thing that you're meant to go to. I went to nothing, zero things until that TV show thing at the very end. And the reason I was kind of able to force myself to go to that was because it was with a teacher who kind of understood what I was going through um, instead of a teacher who was kind of bullying me about it. So he was just so chill. Like the best way to deal with someone who has anxiety is to present them with every possible option you can present them with. As in like, don't make them feel like they're narrowed into a box because if they see no way out, they're finding a way out and it's to go the fuck home and not go back out again. Like, um, so the most you can make them feel relaxed is to be like, Oh, you can just go. If you don't feel go well, you can just go. We can ring someone to pick you up. We can get you a taxi. You can just go. If that's how you calm someone down, who's freaking out about not wanting to be somewhere because presenting them with the option is generally usually enough 
to make them feel less anxious. It's all a mind game. It's in your brain. You just have to trick your brain into coming back down and it works. Like whatever way it works. Uh, for me, it was bringing a bottle of water, a bottle of Ribena, Tic Tacs and a bottle of Rescue Remedy everywhere for four years. Nonstop. So before we get to how you kind of, <laughs> how you kind of um, not got out of it, because I know yeah. it's something that I'll always, you'll always kind of battle with because I know that because I suffer with anxiety myself. I, mm. I haven't really tackled it yet. It's not that I'm uncomfortable to talk about it. It's just, I don't know why I haven't. It just, I just haven't. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that you're saying, I, I can completely relate to like mm. more than I've related to anybody about it. Exactly how you explain it is the perfect um, way of explaining that I can relate to every little last word that you're saying. And it's even freaky because the same thing happened to me when I was um, a teenager where I went to an adventure center. It's so weird. That's the exact same thing. Fucking up children and since 05. <laughs> we were canoeing and I fell into the war and obviously i have the prosthetic leg so yeah it was like a weird thing where the life jacket was fighting against the weight of the prosthetic yeah. leg and also i couldn't swim yeah. of dragging me back up to water dragging me under water and i like i thank god was a fellow canoe and boy and i just grabbed onto his boat but <laughs> yeah. it was going on for like a minute or two or yeah. maybe three of uh, and I, I think mine was even, not that it's a competition, they're both the same. <laughs> no, and, no, no, you it, must be worse than me. Yeah, <laughs> I think they, they, they both had the same effect in our, in our minds. But yeah, I totally. think I nearly did actually drown, like, because I swallowed mm. so much water. Like, I really oh, yeah. Did. And it's funny because the, the same thing happened to me that night. I didn't sleep down and I was in mm. Carlingford Adventure Centre. I didn't sleep then. And oh, I was near there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't sleep that night. And then when I got home, I didn't really sleep. And I kept getting flashbacks yeah. and this weird feeling in my stomach about how mm. I nearly died. I kept getting... And, but it was funny because when it happened, like the, the tutors or the people in the ward didn't really know about it. The people no. that I went down to Carlingford, I went to the football team. I didn't really tell any of the managers or anything like mm. that. And it was similar, like it was my first time going away on my own yeah. without my parents and without anybody in my family. And that's always an issue with me when I was yeah. a kid because I've taken off my leg at night time. I had so many insecurities and stuff. And when I got home, I couldn't sleep. But I never went to the doctor about, mm. about it. But I can remember then, soon after that, I won't get into it too much because I know this podcast is about, about you. Um, but no, yeah, keep going. soon after that then, I started to have panic attacks mm. um, and it's just, I remember talking to you before about this just one-on-one -on -one, and I kind of put two, two and two together when I talked yeah. to you about it, that maybe, and I'm not sure, but maybe that could have been the starting point of, of how I kind of suffered with anxiety throughout my life. It could have been that starting point as well. Yeah, it because definitely could have. I remember after that having them same internal questions of like, Oh, what if I go here and this happens yeah. or that happens and, working myself up to to like having a literal panic attack <laughs> yeah which 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 i will go into maybe in another video of how i deal with it but mm. so what was the lowest point you you you, you got to is there a stage where you were like it was the lowest and low can you remember or was it all just equally uh the most one i remember off the top of my head the one that like i was probably the most hysterical in was i had braces and you have to go to the orthodontist every I think it's like six months or so mm -hmm. when you have braces to go get them tightened or whatever it is so the worst thing you could do for me with anxiety was put an expectation of me to be at a certain place on a certain day at a certain time it was the worst 
because I means for weeks I was like getting more and more and more freaked out about this day I have to go here this day I have to go here, you know that kind of thing yeah and with orthodontists you only can get an appointment very intermittently like if you miss an appointment it's very hard to or back then certainly it was very hard to get another one because it wasn't that many it was like the early I don't know probably 2005 six seven whatever it would have been uh, there wasn't that many somehow or maybe I was just incorrect about it but I just remember the fact that it was like if you don't go to this one you're gonna miss it for another six months and when that well, the moment that's like, said to you yeah, the yeah, pressure yeah, yeah, is yeah. just it's like someone saying like you're either you fucking go to Mars or you don't like it's the biggest possible thing you can imagine I know, you know? I know. so I like this was my poor mom parents like they they had no idea how to cope with it they were trying their best so I never judged them for this but of course, my mother was just like, come on, come on, come on. You need to go, you need to go, you need to go. Like, come on, we have to get it. We're going to miss the appointment, we need to go, we need to go. And I was like physically backing up into the back corner of my house, like a puppy, like just trying to get away from this scenario. And I was hysterically crying, like screaming, saying, I can't, I can't, I can't go. Like, and it was all, the actual fear was, what if I get it, can't get it, or what if we can't get a parking space close enough to the orthodontist and we have to walk? And I faint on the walk. Now, bear in mind, the furthest we could have been from the orthodontist wouldn't have been a three-minute walk. Like, it's not far. We're not, I'm not doing the Kilimanjaro hike here. Like, so that, the idea of those three minutes was what was freaking me out so badly that I was screaming bloody murder, saying, I can't go, I can't go, I can't go, and physically backed myself into a corner in the house, trying to get away from the people trying to tell me to get out the door, like, I think in the end we did end up going, but that was the, the most panicked I can remember being mm-hmm. uncontrolled panic. Like normally I, I, I got kind of quick at like just saying no and just not going to places, which is how I started to kind of like understand how to control it. But that kind of stuff where I was still quite young, I, that was would have been first, the first time I had it. So it was when I was 16 and my parents had a little bit more like emphasis on where you go and what you do and that kind of thing. Um, that was like the most hysterical I can remember being. So how I know we're, we're I know this is a, a, an issue that we could literally tackle for five hours yeah, and, and talk about it full, fully true how yeah. how it all morphed and maybe maybe we will do that um, mm. eventually but I know this is only a little bite sized chunk of, of of what it really is and mm. um, for anybody listening there's there's a lot more to the yeah, story including mine and Harker's yeah. when it comes to anxiety and to mental health but what uh, skipping forward then to mm how you began to deal with it a lot better and what methods you used to yeah. as you said the little things you brought with us tell us about yeah. that and, and when did you think like geez maybe I have a grip on this now because I know for a fact when I was going through it that um I just thought I was the only one and that I was never mm. going to feel any better and then it yeah. wasn't, that was that was one of the worst things about it was thinking I might have just fucked for life here now. Yeah, not, you just I mean, feel that, so hopeless. That, scared, that, that just was like, like a cycle. That scared the shit out of me and terrified yeah. me more and made me anxiety even worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did you kind of get yourself Recover. out a bit? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's bizarre you mentioned that because actually you were giving me memories of the, that moment I was describing about how saying like, you know, I'm not going to this orthodontist and being backed into the corner. I remember my mom in just pure despair, not knowing what to do, being like, what are you going to do if this doesn't get better? And she was just trying to say like, you know, fucking cope and just come to the dentist. Like, yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And I just remember screaming, it has to, because I can't live like this. And like, that's such a, such a scary thing to it hear is. as a parent 
Like imagine your child just being like, I can't live like this. Like they're really- It's a scary thing to feel as well. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, but like, I can't imagine being my mom hearing that going like, fuck, she has like some version of uh, an end date in her head where she can't just do this anymore kind of thing. Like, and I wasn't ever suicidal at the time. I became, I, I, I've had more recent mental health crises that weren't based in anxiety that I did experience suicidal ideation in. But, but bizarrely, during my whole years of anxiety, I never once thought that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just felt like I was going to be a hermit for the rest of my life. Like, because I had this kind of zone in my house that I wasn't as bad, I just felt like this is how I live. The rest of my life, I'm in here. Like, this is w- where I am, like, you know. Um, but the to, to, way I recovered from it was, I guess it was very specific and I kind of thought I invented it because I certainly didn't read it anywhere of what to do, but I'm pretty sure it is a very normal method of, of recovering from it, which is to try and convince yourself that you, well, not to convince yourself you don't have it. So first I used like physical, actual methods. So what I did was I answered all of my what ifs, like whatever one you thought of, and you generally think of 10 every second, but every single one you thought of, you answer with a plan. So if your question is, what if I go here and X happens? You literally give yourself an answer of, well, I'll go do this, 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 and this, and that's going to solve that problem. Typically, the answer to all of them was, I'll just go home. Like, you know, if you're at a place and you're not like, you don't have a good time, you're worried about whatever it is, your answer is, well, you'll just go home. Yeah, that's my answer. It's like, I'll just get a taxi. I I always do that where I have like, you know, 30 quid or 50 quid in my back pocket. And I'm like, yeah. If that goes wrong, I'm out. Taxi. You plan for now. disaster. Like, and yeah, it does help just, because a lot of the time I don't need to go home then. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. But having the plan is what calms you down. And you have to sometimes tell yourself that plan over 50 times over in, in the space of the hour. Because even though you've answered it in your head, the same what ifs will come up over and over and over and constantly. So what, that was one of the first things I started doing was like answering myself. And you, you're having full conversations in your own head. You look like a crazy person. <laughs> You have to answer yourself, even I if know, it helps to I write know. it down. You have to answer your what ifs, or <laughs> they never end. Like you know, um, then I physically started based on the answers. Some of the answers to like, what if I start feeling unwell or feeling faint? Because we thought my problem was a lack of sugar, I started physically bringing things like Lucozade or Ribena or something sugary with me everywhere for through the four years of my life that I was this ill. Like it, it came with me every day. I was in my leaving Sarah exam table with, I think it was at this point, like four to five different bottles of, of drink, of different kinds of drink with me like, <laughs> to try and cope as, as well as the rescue remedy and all the other things. Like, um, so yeah, yeah, that was part of my, what my, my action plan of how to deal with it was like that, to have the actual remedies I needed. Some of it was just water. If you started feeling nauseous, because as you well know, even though anxiety is in your head, the side effects aren't. Yeah, you, so you it, get it, physical it, symptoms then because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah. So you, I, I got a lot of nausea, constant nausea. Same, you get same. so, so freaked out that your system overrides itself with adrenaline. And adrenaline makes you feel nauseous. I just you have felt too much sick all the time. All the time. Oh. Like, it's just, and that's what, it, it comes from the anxiety. Like, as far as I know, it's from the adrenaline. So that makes you feel unwell because it constricts your stomach. Uh, so you have to, my answer to that was to bring crackers. So I'd have something dry to eat so I could settle my stomach. Because at that point, once I'm that nauseous, I can't eat anything, um, which has its own side effects then. So yeah, I had to start bringing like dry <laughs> food. You know, it's a vicious right? fucking circle. It is. Anxiety is just rolling ball down a hill. And every time it picks up something else, that causes more problems. Like, you know, so that was it. Like you brought, brought, brought dry food places. I brought water for the nausea. I brought Ribena and Lucozade for the, the sugar worries. 
uh, like you, you're a pack mule at the end of it, but eventually it works and you start, you stop needing to bring them everywhere, you know? Um, so I started the physical things. Certainly I would bring like the, the rescue room, the things that would I'd spray in my tongue, whatever it was, try it. They're all placebo. They're all placebos. Nothing actually physically helps, but once you think they help, they do help. And that's, what's important. All you need to do is convince yourself they help and they do because anxiety is a mental disorder. Um, so yeah, you answer the what ifs, you bring your physical crutches. Bear in mind that my warning, if anyone is listening to this thinking, I'll try that method, pick one physical crutch that is free or you'll end up getting like, you know, spending all the money, but also pick something that is non harmful to your health. Don't pick cigarettes or alcohol or something like that. Cause you won't be able to let it go for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so be very cautious about what you pick your crutch to be like bottles of water typically are not harmful. But you have to also remember if you forget it, it's going to make you panic because you'll have this realization of shit, I didn't bring it. Freak out, freak out, freak out. Like, so it's not physical crutches are not always good things, but it is what worked for me. So yeah, I this is just for you. This is what works for you. So yeah, I think people yeah. will understand that when they're, when they're listening. So like that, that's what started working. And then, it, then it's basically a step method where you can make, you get yourself out the door and you get yourself to walk to the shop two minutes around the corner and you get yourself back. And that's the achievement. And if the next day you can't make yourself do that, you basically step it back again. So if you manage to do that every day for as many days as you tried to do it for, and you then try to go to the shop that's five minutes away, if you can't make it to the shop that's five minutes away, you step back and you start the two minute shop again. And you do that for as long as you need to do it for. And it's basically this constant, very small inclination of slightly harder to do things every time. And as you achieve them, you keep doing them. Like I, I remember noticing that if I spent like two weeks in my room, my anxiety reset really quickly. So I had to really keep going to, to keep it on like a recovery path, essentially. Um, so you really slowly eke it out to the point where the bit going to the shop becomes easy and then like it's going to the cinema is the scary part and you know you just really really slowly make a building block of the things you're scared of until it the the, the heart the front that's first scared you become simpler mm-hmm. um, like the, the first moment I remember thinking like whoa I'm really getting better is like my mom had to go down to the shop and she really needs to rush to get something in Argos for some reason and I went with her and typically that was a been, great shop. Yeah, I don't know why, but I don't remember what it was. We needed so urgently that we had to get down before it closed. Do you know what I mean? Like it had to be that day for some reason. And there was like 40 minutes left. So I remember she, I went with her cause for some reason I had to. And, um, I like got there, got to the shop, got the thing and got out and didn't get anxious. And that was massive because it had been something that was impromptu. And to me, things that I hadn't pre-planned for and pre-panicked for, for weeks beforehand, I wasn't even able to go near doing because I had no plan in my head. I had no method of how am I going to cope with this? Like, so the idea that I was able to do something impromptu and not get freaked out about it was a huge like moment of shit. I'm really getting better. Even my mom, I said it to her at the time. I was like, wow, I didn't get freaked out. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like she noticed like, you know, so there was definitely the moments of like realizing, oh shit, this is working. Like, and it's just the slowest journey in the world. You just have to do it so ge- gradually. To it's really kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of like discovering what works for you and, and, yeah. and yourself, isn't it? Like, it really is. Like, there is things, there is things that can help, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes people do need medication and you need to go. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and that's by the way, if anyone's listening, 
and they have anxiety and maybe they're only discovering it and they're kind of listening to this and they're going, maybe I have that because I was in a place where I didn't know anything about it at the yeah. time when I, when I first discovered I had it. But there are, you know, you can't go, firstly, uh, first of all, go to the doctor as well, you know. Yeah, but I'd always recommend starting there. I think um, it is like, it is like discovering what works for you and trying to yeah. find find those little things to help you isn't it and, and yeah for sure like counseling is a great option I didn't go to counseling for my anxiety I went to a counselor I think two or three times when I was very first diagnosed with it which was not helpful because it just happened to be not a good counselor and like unfortunately that can happen and you have to make sure you shop for counselors the same way you shop for shoes and actually really find someone that works with you but I've since gone to counseling for depression in more recent years and like the suicidal ideation that I mentioned, and that was like literally saved my life. So if I had managed to find, say, the cancers I saw nowadays back then, I probably would have been able to recover a lot faster than I, it, you know, in the end, it did take me the four years or five years to recover. I probably could have, it could have accelerated at no end if I had been able to, but it just wasn't there or available. Like this was, you know, you're talking 15 years ago, like mm-hmm. even in re- more like the, the treatment options that are available now are quite different. Like nowadays, there's apps that help distract you from your panic attack. Oh, and you download there? an app and the, you, it, it's whatever, like different um, activities, different things that help you distract you from the middle. Of, because one of the things I used to do when I was like full scale freak out, trying not to run away from wherever I was, was distract myself. And that's a really important thing that I should mention is to, to like you physically have to try and get your brain off that track. Because once it's on that track, it doesn't want to leave. And I'm talking like, Full on, I sat in a room and named every color I could see over and over and over to try just, and it's just to give yourself something, your brain something else to obsess about than this. Because the thing with anxiety is when it, you get distracted from it, it starts to fade away to the background because it's not the primary function or the primary focus. When your brain is freaking out about what if, what if, what if, and your body is reacting accordingly to panic mode, your brain is like, oh, I'm doing the right thing. Okay, let's keep panicking. You know, <laughs> like brains. it's telling you there's something wrong. <laughs> Because once you panic, your body is like, mm-hmm. oh shit, there's a, like, whether, regardless of what your thought is, your body's reaction is, there's a line nearby? Do we need to run away? Like yeah. your body is getting yeah. ready to, to get out of the situation. But once your body is in that scenario, your brain is continuing to do it because it's then listening to your body as well and going, wait, wait, why are we ready to run? Something's going on. Oh, we must continue panicking now. You know, it's this circle. Like, so you have to interrupt that. I I think like whatever method works, whether it's a TV show, whether it's just something you can physically see in the room that you can make yourself, your brain think about or like that. Now there's apps that help you distract you from what's going on. I think that understanding is a, big key as well Mm. like I think see the way we're kind of like giggling about and kind of having a laugh about it because we realize how ridiculous it is that we're feeling that way but it's like you know you can't help it but I think the realization of what it is can help a lot as well because for sure then when you're going through it you're like well I know what it is you know I know this can't really hurt me physically I know I've gone through this so many times and I've came out the other side yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to feel like this all the time. And that understanding that it's normal. Yeah. You know, Completely. is what helps me a lot. One yeah. of the first things you need to stop doing is judging yourself, mm-hmm. you know, for, ha- for being like this. Cause one of the, the pathways you can find yourself going down is like, why am I always fucking like this? Like, why can't I just be normal? <laughs> yeah. so, like, why is this happening? Like, why am I like, this? like you blame yourself but it's not your fault. You're just sick. 
it's not your fault when you get a cold or the flu you're just sick like it just happens it's out of your control every single time pretty much so one of the things that the first thing to definitely do is like accept that this is a thing that's happening to you it's not a thing that is happening because of you you know mm-hmm. um like one of the methods i was told very early on from that cancer i did see or not actually it wasn't even that cancer it was someone else who had anxiety who i was talking to was uh this mantra and the mantra was don't let it take over you you take over it and this was kind of about panic attacks uh, in general and in, in specifics but it embodies this idea that the anxiety is a, a separate being to yourself and it's one you have to fight so you have to kind of envision it as this monster that's trying to get you as opposed to something that's inside of you and yeah. it's your own fault that it's happening. Do you know what I mean? You have to almost treat it like, okay, this is, this is something that's there that I need to fight against. And these are the methods I'm going to use to do that instead of blaming yourself because it's in your head, you know, mm-hmm. it's important to have that acceptance or otherwise you're just having another fucking war with yourself as well as having a war with anxiety. And exactly. you're making it like you're making, you're not giving yourself any, any leverage or favors to, to get a, a foothold into it. Like also what I found helps a lot is just being comfortable with the monster being in the room. Like I know it's not <laughs> a monster. I know it sounds yeah, yeah. horribly dramatic, but I mean, yeah. being comfortable with that feeling mm. being there is what is what helped me a lot as well because like, mm. i used to feel like the way you felt where i'd be like you know i'd sit in college or i'd be in a social social situation yeah. or, or sometimes even not in a social situation sometimes in the barbers are well that's social but sometimes yeah, in my room oh, or whatever hairdressers was the worst yeah yeah sorry hairdressers yeah. the worst wherever the place is but i yeah. feel that feeling <laughs> and it was always for me it was always in my stomach is where i'd feel yeah. forced and a feeling of fear like just mm. almost the feeling you get when you miss a step walking down the stairs yeah <laughs> i'll get in my stomach and yeah it was like i'd be like oh, i have I, I need to get out of here or, you know yeah. i need to I, I don't know why it's like the, the fight or flight thing it is it's fight or flight but i found what helped me a lot and it might help somebody listening mm. and might not everyone has their own way but was just being like okay in my head just being like okay that feeling's here and I'm just going to embrace that feeling. I'm going to be comfortable mm. with that feeling. I'm going to I'm gonna feel that feeling as like an alarm that's going off in the morning, but I don't really need to get up. I can just yeah. let the alarm ring and I can yeah. it for a while. Um, and that really helped me a lot to just yeah. got that feeling. And I still struggle with it today. Sometimes it does overpower me a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But most of the time I, I'm able to, to deal with it. And it's because of that feeling. What I use a lot is just like, yeah, it's here. I know it's here. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, yeah. You know that kind of way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I someone, know I feel like that, but that's okay. And I'll let someone uh, once like said that you have to like treat that feeling of anxiety as like the annoying backseat driver. In your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be like, yeah, yeah. I know you want me to turn left. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks yeah. for letting me know. Great. That, that and it's just like an annoying like teenager behind you being like, yeah. you know. That is a great. Someone else said it was a, uh, a to analogy. treat it like Spock. Like, is it to, to, when you're trying to recover it? So if your anxiety is like, what if you die in a car crash? It, imagine <laughs> yeah. Spock is in your head and being like, well, logically, the chance of you dying in a car crash tomorrow is 0.01%, you know, <laughs> and like that kind of thing. That's I had scary. to kind of cope with mine a little bit different than you mentioned in terms of I couldn't let myself be comfortable with it because I, when I would acknowledge it uh, like, and, and let it be there, it would just immediately get worse. Yeah, yeah. that to used to happen to me though. That that's yeah, yeah. That mm. that same thing used to happen to me as well. There's so I many really different to, avenues like, and prospects oh, and massive. to this. Yeah. It's you know, 
I really had to actively like just deal with it when I felt it and like either make it go away or if it got too bad, then leave and stop it happening. Cause I, like when it would get too bad, I'd be visibly like shaking and different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. But I had to kind of really always, the moment I clocked, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Like, right, breathing exercises, like do whatever methods it is I use to calm down. Uh, by the very, very end, like when I was really, really recovering and doing things that I never imagined being able to do, I had like a five minute method, which was like, right, you get, if you're going to, like, I mean, I'd start doing that thing of like, oh no, it's beginning. I can feel it starting. Like here, it's ramping up. I do like, right, sit <laughs> no, down. So well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, sit down five minutes. You get five minutes to fucking go for it. Like freak out. And again, this comes from like dealing with anxiety as a monster, as opposed to being part of yourself where you talk to it essentially. And I'd be like, right, you fucking get five minutes. Go for it. Freak me out as bad as you can. And then at the end of the five minutes, you force yourself to make a decision uh, where when the decision is you either stay or you go. But if you're staying, the fucking anxiety is fucking right off. Like, so I remember I was at this was like the, one of the maddest things I ever did. But I went to a Viking festival in the middle of the country on my own with a camp, like with a tent. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to camp out at this festival on my own. And I was still like really early days of recovery. Like it just, well, this was after the four years, but like it was in terms of like being able to do that level of things, still like one of the earliest days. Like, so you're talking probably only two years after the main part of the recovery. I got to the thing. I walked to the thing. This is walking and me is bad news because I faint quite a lot. So like going to places that you're, you're far away from your car is always a bit of a trigger for me. Um, cause it just is, I'm going to probably faint more often, uh, so I got to the thing, I did the walk, I got, I, I got into the place and I was like, okay, it's here, it's there, and blah, blah, blah. And I went back to the tent and the decision when I, or sorry, not the tent, I went back to the car. The decision of getting back to the car was, do I now camp out here or do I just spend a few hours here and I go home? Which one do I do? And I started, then that was the anxiety starting of, oh, but what if you camp in this and this and this and this and this and what happens to here and what if this happens and all, all the normal things. And that was the point I remember really strongly just going, you get five minutes to forget about this and then you make a decision. So I did the thing. I freaked out for the five minutes. I set a timer on my phone. The alarm went off on it. I went, right, decision. Are you staying or are you going? And I, like, I'm talking, fully talking to myself in this scenario. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm staying. And I'm like, right, but you fucking you don't have to feel anxious the rest of this day. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then I went. And that was it. I never felt anxious the rest of the day. Because like, I had made a very, very conscious choice of like, fuck it. I'm not doing this again. Like, I want to have enjoy myself and not ruin the rest of my day here. Like, So I did it. Never felt anxious the rest of the night. The next day, went home after it was over the next day. And it was one of the really strong parts of like, wow, I'm really on like very recovered from this at this point that I can actually manage it so strongly that I can just turn it off once it starts, you know? That's amazing. And it's, I'm so happy that you got to that point. Um, and I know for a fact that this conversation is going to help people that listen to it because I know from just talking to people in general that anxiety and panic attacks and stuff like that is is so much more common than than people mm. realize because some people it's not that they're ashamed of it they just don't want to talk about it they don't want to share that and that's okay too if people are like that you know i think yeah. it does help to talk about it, but there's just some people who just don't like talking about it and that's that's just the way it is and i know that from friends who like have told me about it that yeah. you'd never think suffer with anxiety no. because they do everything and they're always on the go and they're doing yeah. this and that and they're some of them are, a lot of them are in media in front of camera all the time yeah. as well um and i think what's so important about conversations like this with people like yourself is like 
you were one of the people that might be listening to this podcast yeah. in that place thinking, I'm fucked. I'm never going to be out of this. I, my life yeah, is over here. Completely. I don't know what to do. But like, we felt like, I, I know I felt like that. I know you've felt like that. And mm. life does go on and you it will get better and things do improve for you. And, you know, it might not always be perfect, but yeah it does get better. And I know it sounds so cliche. I remember people used to say to me, <laughs> like, oh, it'll yeah. get better in a few years. You'll be fine. Yeah. Or, you know, it will get better. And I'd be like, fuck you. You don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but you have to work. You really, you really have them. to work for it, you know? Yeah. Like you, the, you I think really the reason... You either. You're like... Yeah. The, one of the reasons will it? that can feel so false is it doesn't magically get better on its own. It gets better if you figure it out like and that there is there are many ways whether it's using methods like we said or getting CBT or getting medicine from the doctor or whatever method it is but like it's a matter of the first step which is going to a doctor and accepting that something's going on that you're not happy with that you're mm-hmm. not satisfied with and it's it's starting to impact your daily daily life like it's mm-hmm. that acceptance is the, definitely one of the first steps of being able to be like right something's not right and I'm fucking tired of it being not right. So I'm going <laughs> to do something about it now. That's, I think, why this whole, like, it gets better can feel like, a, a, you know, a platitude. Because it is, I guess, and it, it gets better when you try, you mm-hmm. know. And it's exhausting. It's one of the most exhausting fights you'll ever fight. But you couldn't dream of the life that is ahead of you if you get there, you know. You, I couldn't have dreamt of the life I live now when Same. I was that sick. Same. I just couldn't. It was Same. way beyond my wildest dreams. And it's not. It's not as even. It's not as if I even have an extraordinary life. But just to be able to yeah. enjoy my day <laughs> yeah. is 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 something that I didn't think I could possibly do when yeah. I was going through it at the worst time. I was like, I'm never, you know, gonna just have a nice day. <laughs> like, yeah. Not not have loads really? of money or loads of success. Go but to just the shop to without able, panicking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just little things like that. But yeah. eventually, you can get to that place and. And and you you will if 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 you put your mind to it and I and, mm. and you find what works for you. Um, Harker, I've, this is usually an hour long podcast, but we're nearly on two hours now. Um, <laughs> my son and my girlfriend are in the other room waiting to go oh. on a walk. Um, but listen, what what I like what I've been saying to all the guests, your guest number nine on the Jamie J Car podcast, and I appreciate if you enjoyed this chat. Please go check out Harker Ryan on Twitch and on YouTube. <laughs> Um, and make sure to subscribe to this channel and hit the notification bell as well and even just show some support in the comments and let us know yeah. if you had any um if you've had any struggles with Are mental health you fucked health. up like us yeah, yeah and also let us know about the other stuff we were talking about at the start <laughs> <laughs> if there's that that's fun there or interesting to you mm. um no, but i i really enjoyed that chat it's one it's been one of the best and one of the most realist chats i've had on the podcast since I've, uh, um, yay. So thank you very much for being so open and honest and i'm sure you'll see in the comments a few people will be thanking you for being so open and honest because i know it's easy for us to talk about but it wasn't mm. it's not it's not easy for a lot of people to talk about so um i think i think we we've done it done a justice i feel like there's a bit of meaning behind this podcast <laughs> Um, thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it i've never uh, yeah. actually well i was gonna lie i've never done a podcast i've done one podcast before over the phone but this is uh, my first ever like video. Oh, podcast. brilliant! Nice, nice. Yeah, That's deadly awesome. that this is the this is the first one. But yeah, you're you're number you're number nine on the podcast. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say I had something else I wanted to say there. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Fuck, that's the worst time it can happen when it's on a podcast. <laughs> when you're, when you're if, you, if you had oh yeah, what I meant to say was um, 
what I've been saying to everybody on the podcast, um, well, particularly the guests, I like, I like the most. I appreciate everybody <laughs> that comes on. But I want to make it a recurring thing. You know, I don't want to have eventually like get 50 guests and be struggling yeah. to find guests and not do the podcast because of that. So I kind of want to have like the same people in every couple of weeks or every couple oh, of months awesome. just to check in and have a chat. And it doesn't really have to have any team behind it, just just to chat. Kind of yeah. Joe Rogan style, the way he does it. I love that man and what he does. So We can talk about my other write-down next time. Yeah, hey, same as well. Uh, next time we can get into detail about my... <laughs> you've been so no, no, no. Yeah. I'm the guest. It's all about me, James. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll catch up again. And uh, in the meantime, you can go check out Harker's channel on mm. YouTube. It's just Harker Ryan, is it? Or... Yeah, Harker Ryan. That's Harker the one. Ryan. Listen, have a great evening. And uh, thanks you for too. being so honest. I'm gonna thanks go for having that. me. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Good luck. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> See you later.